You live in illusion and the appearance of things. There is a reality, but you do not know this. When you understand this, you will see that you are nothing. And being nothing, you are everything. That is all. Tightness in my chest, tension buzzing in the background somewhere. Coming back to my breath, I feel what's going on inside. Do they like me? Why didn't anyone say goodbye as I was leaving today? Shit, was it because of what I said earlier? The mind spins like the smoke from the flame. Welcome to the Imperfect Buddhist, where we discuss Zen Buddhism and incorporating mindfulness in a daily life. My name is Matt Hawk Mahoney. And today's episode is about the desire to be liked. An interesting topic, really. Some might even say shallow. But this pattern of habit and energy exists in all of us, except for a few rare exceptions. We all want to be liked. One of my counselors said to me one time, Matt, the desire to be liked is hardwired into us. Because in ancient times, when we lived in small tribe-like groups, foraging for food, and huddled around communal fires, acceptance into the group was a matter of life and death. That tightness, that spinning mind are part of our survival mechanisms. The homo sapiens that didn't possess the desire to be included into the group didn't survive, or at least not many of them survived. We are working with millions of years of evolution, the same deep hardwiring that guides our sex drives and acquiring of food are comparable to our drives for acceptance. And the reality is, our current society, I will survive if they don't like me. It's also worth noting that the desire to be liked, which we all carry, will be used against you. If your mind's eye is filled with visions of doing things in a new way and you act on that, be prepared. Albert Einstein said, great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. The mediocre mind is incapable of understanding the man who refuses to bow blindly to conventional prejudices and chooses instead to express his opinions courageously and honestly. My experience with the energy pattern and drive to be like is pretty multifaceted. So I came of age among the wild Rogue River. The town I grew up in was tucked away in the deep hills of Oregon, and I stuck out. Like an albino elephant, my stovepipe skinny jeans and flock of seagulls emo hair wasn't really on the menu of the small town. Did you get those pants from your sister? One of the older classmen yelled as I made my way to Mr. Sevenborn's computer-filled classroom. Mr. Sevenborn and my heads bobbed as we completed our conversation. My eyes found a spot on the ground a few feet in front of me as I made my way past the group of older boys. The same kid blurted out, Fag! My body buzzed like a rubber band as it snapped quickly towards the boy, my hand quickly rocketing up as I knocked his hat off onto the ground. What the fuck did you say? I said, my eyes widening to take in what was happening. Uh, uh, nothing. I can't fight you. I'm 18. I would get into trouble, he said, the other boys standing in stone silence. So looking back, I cared and I didn't. People called me gay and I would just do the hubba hubba with my eyebrows, maybe laugh a little bit. My history with wanting to be liked is a blackberry bush of difference. 
twisted and confusing at times. Now in my 30s, I notice a subtle tightness, revolving thoughts about what I said or did and whether, quote, they liked it, but only sometimes. This precept I'm going to read is from the 16 Bodhisattva precepts in the tradition of Soto Zen, and it addresses some of the desire-to-be-liked energy that we're talking about. It says, Do not praise self or blame others. Maintain modesty, extol virtue. In the realm of the equitable dharma, not dwelling upon I versus you, is the precept of not praising self or blaming others. All Buddhas and ancestors realize the empty sky and the great earth. When they manifest the noble body, there is neither inside nor outside an emptiness. When they manifest the Dharma body, not even a speck of dust is seen upon the ground. So we're going to zoom in a little bit to some of the personal stories I have of incorporating the desire to be liked and working with it in my Zen practice. Last night, uh, my sore ankle carried me up to the second floor of our apartment. I took a breath and I finally witnessed what was going on inside of me. I breathed into that clenched fist that tightness within. I placed my awareness in that energy field and witnessed the thoughts being born out of it. Why didn't anyone say goodbye today after work? The spinning mind chewed. Oh, they probably like that person more. Or was it because I made that joke? Shit, did I cross the line? The thoughts turning over and over like orange leaves rolling to the ground as they fell. The simple act of taking that moment to come back and witness what was happening, not judging what was happening within, but simply seeing what was happening was enough to open a new possibility. Being with ourselves when energy patterns like this arrive and staying awake can lead to a sense of peace. Eh, what do you mean you witnessed what was happening? How's that supposed to change anything? I can predict some thinking to themselves. What's powerful about this mindful process when we're dealing with any strong energy patterns such as the desire to be liked is that we're taking some skin out of the game. It's impossible to be witnessing what is happening and be fully overtaken at the same time. When we're mindful and witness, we reclaim some of the energy that's invested in these self-defeating processes. How to win friends and influence people. How's that title strike you? That's the title of one of the best-selling books of all time, with over 30 million copies sold. Why do I bring it up? I must have read How to Win Friends and Influence People at least five times in the hot, smoky summer of 2013. A small dirt patch in one of my best friends, whose name is Forrest, his backyard served as my home for that maroon summer. A green and gray REI tent purchased with the intent of following in the footsteps of Christopher McCandles, a.k.a. Into the Wild, found itself missing the target, pitched, in the same small neighborhood I escaped at 18. All these fiery ideals of backpack freedom, stoked by Thoreau and Jack Kerouac, finally took the reins in my life in 2013. Only after living at a small farm in Ashland, Oregon for a few weeks, I called back to the familiar, finding myself a spot in my best friend's yard until I could figure out what was next. Anyhow, how to win friends and influence people. The principles in this book shattered my old way of interacting forever. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. But just like all abilities, there's always overuse and abuse. Conversations with beautiful people, gorgeous women, and fiery new friends. 
Over that first summer, I employed a pragmatic approach to my newfound abilities. Taking mindfulness, I engaged for the sake of engagement, something new to me. Over time, though, my grip became too tight. Trembling, I struggled to keep what I had found. My exploration of new communication styles morphed into a persistent desire to be liked, to make a good impression. Caffeine was gas on this popularity fire. My mind would return again and again, habitually, to the how to win friends and influence people principles. Become genuinely interested in other people. Remember, a person's name is their favorite word in the English language. Talk in terms of the other person's interests. These principles slowly encroaching on the peace I had established through four years of meditation. Matt, your hours are going to be reduced, the manager said, pointing to the line at the bottom of the reprimand he had prepared. Sign here. After years of this back-and-forth struggle to be liked, I felt mostly detached from my root. Anxiety buzzed through me daily. I would tell my wife, Babe, I'm lost. I don't want to feel this way anymore. After this final straw and losing work hours, the message was received. I can't continue like this. The meditation bell rang. The birds outside chirped a little as the 6 a.m. sun warmed them. Breathing in, I felt the cool air gliding past my nostrils. My stomach expanded out. Following my breath, my mind would wander, but I just came back. Soon, a trembling shook loose as the tightness in my chest dissolved. A stillness came. The world and all of the things I was destroying myself to control fell away. It quickly became apparent to me that my consciousness had been more and more absorbed in the outside world, in what others thought of me. The desire to be liked is one thing, but when we try to control that and manage that, it becomes a death grip on power. In those times, I had lost connection with the root of peace inside of me, the root of creativity, the root of myself. This is what happens when we become too absorbed in the outside world. When we stay connected to that deep well of inner peace, our actions are giving, our mind is giving, because we are aware that we already have everything we could ever need. Since that time until now, December 2020, I still encounter the need-to-be-liked energy pattern. Sometimes it grips me for a while, causing me to perform. More and more, though, through my daily zazen, I enter the day starting from a foundation of peace. This foundation of awareness through zazen allows me and all who practice it to see what is happening more clearly. When we can see the need-to-be-liked energy patterns when they arise, we have more freedom. When we use the witnessing awareness developed through zazen to be with these cycles, when we're not absorbed by them, that is freedom. This aspect of life, like all others, calls for a wise discernment. It calls for us to walk the middle path. The middle path is the avoidance of two extremes of practical life. So while on one hand I see the negative karma of being fully absorbed in the preferences and opinions of others, I also see the catastrophe of never engaging anyone or employing skillful means when communicating. It's a balancing act. 
How do I consider the desires and needs of others without being ensnared with their opinion of me? Walk the middle path. Time for a quick tip. Okay, this whole quick tip segment could prove to be a little bit funny because in Zen Buddhism, there's one core teaching, and that is Zazen, seated meditation. It's potential that I could run out of quick tips, but I think it's okay to repeat the core again and again. So today's quick tip is to start a body scan in sensitive situations. When your boss says something that sets your mind reeling, when your partner makes a comment, ask yourself and feel what is happening in your body. Are your shoulders tight? Are you holding your breath? What's happening in your stomach and chest? Step outside of your mind and feel what's happening inside your body. What sensations are there? This has really been a fun episode for me to do. This is the first time I am scripting what I want to talk about in the hope that I can deliver my message more clearly to you. I hope that that was the case. But shoot, there I go again, caring what you think. I appreciate you spending time with me today. And if you liked this episode, please follow and subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, or on YouTube, subscribing and liking the episode will help me stay connected with you. Hope you have a wonderful day. All right, bye-bye.